Welcome to the post-game show presented by Rico. I'm Chris McPherson, joined alongside former Eagles linebacker Ike Reese. And Ike, the Eagles will not go a perfect 23-0 this season, including the preseason, falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers by a score of 31-14. to But as you know, the score is not the most important thing to come out of this game. You want to see how these players perform in their first game environment of the 2018 season. And from a big-picture perspective, what was your biggest takeaway tonight? Well, let me start with the number one thing coaches think about when they think about preseason games, getting the guys out of the game healthy yes. as possible. So we didn't have any injuries tonight. That's certainly a good thing. Uh, but when I look at tonight's game, when I came in, obviously everyone's excited to see Dallas Goddard, our second-round draft pick. He had a good night tonight, Had got his first touchdown, NFL touchdown, had, what, four catches tonight, 66 yards. Uh, all the buzz around him in training camp that he's out there catching everything, touchdowns day after day. It was good to see that tonight. So when you talk about your first pick, I know he was a second-round pick, but he was our first pick in this year's draft. Everyone was excited to see him, and he certainly didn't disappoint tonight. That pass-catching ability, you wonder if he could be a red zone weapon to help the Eagles out to mitigate the losses of players like Brent Selleck yeah. and Trey Burton this year. And it's just you see him in training camp and you want to get your hopes up, but you don't want to put too much pressure on the second round pick. Rookie tight ends don't typically transition to the NFL smoothly out of college, but you can't help but feel good about what you've seen in training camp and what you saw tonight in his preseason debut. He had the one drop in the middle of the field, you know, shake off the butterflies there a little bit, but overall the route running was very smooth, did a great job of getting in open field and working down the seam as well. So a little bit later on here in the show, we're going to hear from the head coach, Doug Pearson himself. But first, we're going to send it over to the link, to the man who was down on the sidelines delivering the reports, doing a great job with the Eagles Network broadcast. And that's the insider himself, Dave Spadaro. And Dave, to kick things off, I asked Ike for his big picture takeaway. What is yours after seeing the Eagles in action tonight? Well, the biggest picture takeaway is that nobody got hurt. I mean, that's what you come away with it from. But beyond that, I thought Nate Sudfeld bounced back from the early interception and looked poised and delivered a perfect strike down the field to Shelton Gibson, who tonight separated himself from the pack for that fifth wide receiver position. Clearly, the Eagles need some work beyond that with the third team guys. But for the most part, the starters did a good job. Fletcher Cox played very well. I thought Sidney Jones escaped a real scare when he went down, and the trainers were working on that left Achilles tendon area. No need to worry, just a sprained left ankle, all suited up and ready to play in this one. And I thought some of the offensive line really played well and showed that they can run block beyond the starters. I thought the Eagles ran the football quite well tonight and showed some explosiveness. You know, not a bad game. First half was very entertaining. Second half with Joe Callahan struggling, the protection struggling, really dropped off. Dave, we'll go back to Nate Sudfeld for a second there, especially on that touchdown to Dallas Goddard. Did a great job of reading the blitz, escaping the pressure. What did you think of his pocket presence since really the only action we've seen from him was that regular season finale last year against Dallas? Yeah, I mean, again, the Eagles, one of the major missions of this offseason is to find out about Sudfeld. And his early interception was a mistake. He thought it was man coverage. It was zone coverage. He got baited, and then they switched, and then they picked him off. And then later, the interception to Bryce, on the throw to Bryce Treggs may have been on Treggs more than it was on Sudfeld. But I think, Chris, from a pocket awareness standpoint, you saw somebody who the game clearly has slowed down for in the last couple of seasons. I don't think he's blown away by the pace 
the pressure, the starting responsibility of a preseason game, he's going to get a lot more throws in these next three games. I got to tell you, Dave, I love what I saw from the running game early in the game. I mean, the offensive line blocking, Jay Ajayi running with authority, and then Corey Clement, five carries, 30 yards. I thought he showed some explosiveness. More importantly, he showed the ability to make guys miss in the open field. What'd you think of Corey Clement's game tonight as well? Yeah, I mean, I really love Clement. I think back to a year ago when he was fighting to make the roster. I mean, this is a kid who went to the combine and was sluggish at the combine. So what did he do? He lost weight. Now, he didn't get drafted, but the Eagles really found a gem of a player who went in and worked his way up the depth chart to the point where he was one of the stars of Super Bowl 52's victory. So Corey Clement is a complete running back, maybe the most complete running back on this football team. He's excellent in pass protection, catches the ball very well, and we see when he gets a chance to carry it, he gets some tough yards. Dave, how much of a confidence boost do you think it will be for Shelton Gibson getting that 63-yard touchdown and showcasing the skill set that the coaches and personnel staff loved about him coming out of West Virginia a year ago? Yeah, and it's all about confidence with him, Chris. He clearly has the physical tools. He runs very well. He gets down the field. He's been excellent on special teams. It's that mental block. It's that catching the football consistently, looking it into your hands, not worrying about what happened in the past. I think what he did tonight, that 63-yarder, coming back after that with a couple of catches, I think Shelton Gibson is on his way to winning a roster spot. Another young guy for us, Dave, in his second year, Russell Douglas. A little bit of an up-and-down night for him. Uh, touchdown given up, but also had an interception tonight. What would you think about his performance? Yeah, I mean, up and down, you can't lose leverage on a jump ball down the field. You can't take a bad angle on a throw into the end zone where, I mean, what a great throw and what a great catch. But still, Rasul Douglas has to make that play. So more consistency needed from Rasul Douglas. I thought Avante Maddox did a good job. I mean, there's a lot of competition at that cornerback position. Rasul has to earn his playing time in a big way. That's the Eagles insider himself, Dave Spadaro. Phenomenal job on the sidelines tonight. We can't wait to read your On the Inside column as well as listen to the Eagles Live podcast later on this evening. Dave, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. I, I love the question you asked there at the end with Rasul Douglas because yeah. a player who came in as a rookie after Ronald Darby's injury and was thrust into the spotlight a little bit there, and he was around the football quite often. You like what you saw. You like the dimensions. You like the size, the way that whenever the ball's in his area, he seems to come up with it, can make plays. It was some good and some bad from him tonight. He hasn't really flashed to me this year so much in training camp. I think Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills have clearly been the top two corners on this team. Sidney Jones has been showing promise, but it was good to see Rasul bounce back from the early setback and then make plays when the ball did come his way. And listen, it's, it's not easy playing cornerback when you're almost six feet plus, right? I mean, you're, you're long. It takes you a little longer to change direction. But Rasul has to do is start watching film, right? And if you're going to play off, you got to understand what a team is trying to do to you. And when the ball is in the air, you got to be confident in your abilities uh, that you're going to be able to make a play on the ball when it's in the air. He was right there in p position when that uh, Juju Schuster Smith caught that ball. He just mistimed his jump. So that comes with more experience. Um, I'm still not sure if he's a pure corner, I think he has a safety body, much that's, like Malcolm Jenkins. That's an interesting discussion. That's yeah. why watching the game that we were kind of debating ourselves is, is he a safety down the line? And, I, you know, Fran Duffy, you know, does a great all-22 breakdown work. You'll see some of that later on in the show. 
you know, his take is he's a corner until proven otherwise. Right. And he, he's shown enough plays that you can see, but that versatility, sort of like a Malcolm Jenkins, is very interesting. It, it's difficult. It's not easy to play corner in today's game. I mean, a lot of the rules are geared towards the offensive guys. You're not allowed to get your hands on them. So when you're a big guy, uh, Richard Sherman, you know, that's a guy that I think about when I think about a big corner, uh, not necessarily fast, but he's, he's, he's great with his technique, and he does a great job. All right, and then staying on the defensive side of the football, I thought it was very encouraging seeing Jordan Hicks out there tonight because you're looking at all these, these players coming back from injury from last season. Carson Wentz obviously didn't play. Darren Sproles, you don't need to see him. He's looked phenomenal in training camp. Jason Pierce didn't play. Big V, Halapuli, Vadi Vitae got the start there. But seeing Jordan Hicks out there with the first-team defense, first-team nickel defense and what they utilized early on there, great to see him moving around the ball. Yeah, I mean, listen – and you were able to get him in and get him out without any type of uh, injuries reoccurring. And he's going to be a big part of what they do moving forward this year. I mean, if this defense is going to play at the level they played at last year, number 58 is going to have to be out there and make plays. You, you want him to go to a higher level, in fact, this year. Yeah. And then you focus back on the defense, that defensive line. Fletcher Cox, he said it back in the spring. He wants to be the defensive player of the year. And he came out on a mission with a sack on the opening drive. He had another pressure where he forced a short pass, just wreaking havoc right off the jump. It's almost like everybody talks about some of the other top defensive linemen in the league, and then Fletcher probably feels like, to some extent, his name's getting kind of lost in the crowd almost. And it shouldn't, because he is certainly one of the five best defensive tackles, if not a top two. I mean, I would certainly put him right behind Aaron Donald. you got to give Aaron Donald his props. He's been defensive player of the year. So, but Fletcher Cox has that ability, and I love the fact that he came out and said he wants to be defensive player of the year. He put the pressure on himself. Could have very easily kept that goal to himself and just talked about it later in the year if it happened, but he said it publicly because he wants everybody to know this is what I'm striving to be, and he has the ability to do it, man. I mean, I'm telling you, when I look at Fletcher Cox, he reminds me of Jerome Brown as a player. He has the ability. He just needs to put it all together. You know, speaking of, we'll go a little throwback there. You mentioned Jerome Brown. Your thoughts on the Hall of Fame announcement from Chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie this evening that Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons will comprise the Eagles Hall of Fame class of 2018. Well-deserved for both players. Probably a little overdue for Seth Joyner. No, listen, I was so happy to hear that those were the guys that were going to go in this year. You know, Clyde Simmons, Seth Joyner. They helped carry on the tradition of the gangrene defense from this organization. When I played back here from 98 to 2005, you know, the defense that we really tried to live up to standard-wise was Buddy Ryan's defenses and all those great players. And these two guys, along with Reggie, Jerome, Eric Allen, guys that are already in the Eagles Hall of Fame, these guys belong in there as well. And as far as Seth Joyner is concerned, Seth Joyner belongs in Canton as far as I'm concerned. When you look at the way he played the linebacker position, just so happy for those guys. Haven't really met Clyde Simmons before, but I know Seth Joyner, and I know Seth is very happy about this tonight. Well, what's interesting with Seth Joyner, and as a former linebacker, you could appreciate this, the numbers he put up statistically yep. and earning Defensive Player of the Year honors from that position you don't rarely think of an off-the-ball linebacker 
in that position. If it's, an, if it's a linebacker, it's a Khalil Mack, it's a Von Miller, it's an edge rusher type player. It's usually going to be a defensive end or a cornerback if he can assemble a number of interceptions. You don't usually see that type of production coming from the linebacker spot. Especially at his size. You know, some of us smaller linebackers, we consider to be cover linebackers. But Seth Jordan was a big guy. He could play the run, never left the field, uh, even went out on wide receivers at times in the slot and covered those guys down the field. I can remember uh, as a kid watching the Eagles play and watching that defense, and Seth Joyner as a linebacker, that's who you wanted to be like. And, and um, I'm just so happy for him tonight. I mean, I know – this means a lot to him. I'm pretty sure it means an awful lot to Clyde Simmons, like you said, uh, long overdue. But here's the thing. With, with, the, with the players that have come through this organization, sometimes you got to wait a little longer. It's so, a backlog, exactly. But you know what? Whenever they go in, I don't exactly remember what date it is that they're going to be honored. It'll be the Colts game, so the Colts September game. 23rd. So it'll be early in the season. Uh, I'm pretty sure he and, and, and their families are going to be excited that night. Truly a big honor. I, I would love to have Seth and Clyde line up for the Eagles that day. Going to get <laughs> Andrew Luck, helping out that? the Eagles yes, a little sir. bit there. So our Eagles Network broadcast, we brought you the Eagles-Steelers game tonight, and it's great because our cameras were right there on the sidelines capturing special moments, interactions between the coaches and the players. We have some exclusive access that we're going to bring your way right now in our sideline sound. Number, that's what you do, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ye
He's going to have to make his bones as a special teams that's player. A, that's the thing. That's the thing that we're not going to probably be overly focusing on. Yeah. Special teams is really going to make the difference because how often are you going to need to go to that fifth receiver, sixth receiver, unless there's an injury, injury. that takes yeah. place? Of course, you want to save those spots for potential, but Gibson made his way late in the season on special teams. He was a very good gunner for this football team, played in the Super Bowl, so he got that experience, got that confidence. And, and I think Spuds hit the nail on the head with Gibson is that the confidence is the biggest thing with him. He struggled catching the ball last year in training camp. He's helped work to overcome that. And now making that type of play, that, that's a play that could really take him to the next level here. And that's what you hope to see. That's, you know, when you have Howie Roseman, Joe Douglas, they're probably thinking to it themselves. That's what we've been waiting to see. That's why we yeah. drafted him where he did. So and they certainly saw his talent and his yeah. potential. And it's difficult for rookies to come in in their first year and make an impact. And if they don't get off to a good start, they can get discouraged. And next thing you know, you lose a little bit of confidence. And so I think Shelton, middle of the year, he started to sort of feel comfortable being here in the NFL. And he's saying to himself, I got to find a way to get on the field. You talked about him contributing on special teams late in the year, even in the Super Bowl. But this year, he knows he has to show that he can be a receiver as well, if called upon. Because like you said, injuries happen, and you don't know when you're going to be called upon. Exactly. The one starter position on this team that still kind of undetermined right now is the weak side linebacker spots. Of course, having a, you a former linebacker is great for this discussion. First team unit, we saw the nickel defense, so we didn't get to see the base package. Nathan Gary's been the guy working with that crew pretty much I wouldn't say for the entirety of training camp, but especially the last week, week and a half or so, he's been the guy right there. But to me, the standout play, now obviously the coach have to break down the film and they're going to want to look for consistency, but the standout play to me came from Kamu Gruje-Hill, where there was the pitch right by the goal line, and Gruje-Hill came up, read the play perfectly, and made the tackle on the open field, showcasing that athleticism. It's, he's a tremendously athletic linebacker, brings good size there as well, coverage ability. Now, I, to me, that was a standout play. From down to down, not quite sure about the consistency, but it was nice to see him make that push here as he tries to win that starting job. Yeah, you know, Camus is one of my favorite players, man. Listen, he reminds <laughs> me of myself. A little faster than I was. I, I can admit that. Yeah. And I couldn't kick off either. Remember he had to yes. kick off last year? I certainly couldn't kick off. Uh, if they called on me to do it, but I'm pulling for Camus to get that spot because I know how he's made his bones in this league as a special teams player, and you also want to sort of get an opportunity to show that you can be out there on the field on regular downs. And I know in this defense, we play primarily two linebacker uh, defenses, Correct. you know, because we play a lot of nickel or we play a lot of dime, but there are going to be times where they need three linebackers out there, and so you want to be the guy that they rely upon to come off that uh, bench and be that guy. So it's a nice competition. doesn't seem like anybody has sort of grabbed a hold of it. It seems as if Jim Schwartz wants to figure out who's going to grab it and, and be consistent, and that's what it is with young players. Even with Nathan Gary, you got to be consistent out there, and if the coach doesn't feel comfortable putting you out there in a, in a, in a high-impact situation, you know, that could possibly win or lose you the game. He's not going to put you out there on the field. Camus has the experience. I'm a little surprised that um, uh, Nelson, uh, uh, Corey, Nelson yep. Corey Nelson 
hadn't really shown a little bit more. But it's just the first game. It's still early in camp. They still got a couple games left to go. That's a position battle that I think is going to play itself out through the entire preseason Certainly. before the coaches feel real comfortable with going with something. That's the thing. It's just the first preseason game. We're, we're all going to be obsessed over what the depth chart is going to be next week. What, what's the you know first team defense going to look like come this Saturday? But you know it's getting, it's not so much as for a short term battle. It's going to be throughout the entirety of the preseason here as they try to figure out who's going to be the best fit for that starter on the weak side spot. For Gary, for me, in my money though. He's really smart, you know, brings the intellect to the position. Nigel Bradham has raved about how quickly he, he picked up the defense, and understands the defense. Remember, Gary was a safety at Nebraska, converted to linebacker last year, has learned all three linebacker positions, so has put himself in the best position possible. And in the offseason, he was the competition champion amongst all the players on the Eels roster. He's got the WWE-style belt hanging in the locker to celebrate it. So Nate Gary has done a phenomenal job of putting himself in position to win the job. And to me, that's why he's been the guy there so far through training camp. It'll be interesting to see what the coaches think of the preseason game performance and if anything changes on that front. Let me tell you, coaches love players like Nate Gary. Guys that can play multiple positions, they're able to soak up all the information. I mean, that's how I was able to stay in this league for nine years. It wasn't going to be just learning one position. No. You had better learn multiple, multiple positions, and you had better be out there on all four phases of special teams. And like you said, this guy played safety in college, and he's been able to put on a few extra pounds and go down and play linebacker at this level, and he's been able to absorb the defense, the schemes, the run-blocking schemes that you need to have, as well as, like, the passing defense is going to be a natural to him because playing the safety position, he's used to seeing the entire formation and understanding passing route concepts and things of that nature. His biggest question is going to be whether or not he can hold up in that box against the run, you know, and whether or not he can be physical against the run. But in today's game, where they go to a lot of three receiver sets, you know, if if something were to happen, like with uh, with uh, Nigel Bradham being out the first game, well, you're going to need somebody to play next to Jordan that's, Hicks. That's the truth. You're yep. going to need somebody to play next to Jordan Hicks. That further complicates the and, question. And a guy like Nate Gary, he's he's one of these multi multi players that the coaches love because they know they can put him anywhere. All right. So when you look at the defensive line and the performance by that group, you talk about versatile players. Michael Bennett, someone who could work both inside and and great seeing him out there on the field. Just the depth that this line has, okay, when you have guys like Derek Barnett who's flying and crashing off the edge. Josh Sweat, he had the penalty there, but I saw some good things from him. Elijah Qualls, three penalties tonight, certainly not good from that standpoint. But the one thing that you could see is that quickness off the snap. That's the one yeah. thing that you can't teach. It's something that he brings to the table. He's got to rein in the penalties from that standpoint there. And you don't have Brandon Graham out there on the field right now. So you have to be excited if you're an Eagles fan looking at the depth along the defensive line, knowing how good it was, how critical it was for the team's success, that they could have it again here in 2018. So now we're going to send it over to the link. Head coach Doug Pearson set to speak to the media. Take it away. They played really aggressive, really fast, and uh, something you want to see from your defense, especially early in games. How's Sidney Jones, and uh, how did he look tonight to you? How is Sidney Jones? Uh, I'll have an evaluation uh, in the morning on him. Um, you know, I thought while he was in there, um, he, he had he made some made some plays. I mean, he was he was uh, doing a really nice job. You know, obviously, you know, right now every 
we played a lot of a lot of players. So until I see the film and and, and grade that and and talk to talk to the defensive guys, I'll, I'll know more tomorrow. But I, I thought overall he uh, he played 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 a pretty well game. Shelton had the uh, long touchdown reception. Uh, that's why he drafted him. What's the difference between him this year and where he was this time last year? Well, I think the biggest thing is just confidence. You know, he's. Uh, um, you know, obviously he had a chance to play in games last year, special teams, but I think that gives him a confident feel going into into the, into the season. And uh, he did a, he did some good things tonight. Um, and uh, he's he's one of the guys that's competing and and uh, you know competing for a roster spot. What were your what were your expectations for Jordan Mailata in his first ever football game, and how did he compare? Yeah, I was I was excited for him. You know, to watch him, to see him. I, I know he was a little little nervous there early, and uh, once he kind of settled in. I uh, thought he thought he did some good things, you know, um, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna you know it's a work in progress with him, and and uh, we knew that going into it, he's gonna get a lot of time, you know, this preseason to play, and and uh, he, he'll just continue to get better. But uh, you know, once he settled down, he, uh, he he did some good things. How about Dallas Goddard? Was that kind of intentional to get him the ball early, uh, get him that many targets? Yeah, you know, I wanted to I wanted to kind of feature him a little bit, you know, some of the you know we were very vanilla obviously on offense, but. Um, at the same time, just wanted to get him into a little bit of a rhythm. He and Nate, and um, he did did some nice things for us. You know, he's he's going to be a great addition to our offense and offensive package, and and um, you know, excited for for his uh, his future and, and what he can provide uh, offensively. Looked like he did a pretty good job in the run game. Also, I think that the giant run when they were on the one yard line kind of went his way. I mean, how is he doing in the, in the blocking game? Yeah, you know what? He's he's really done a nice job. He's a willing participant to block, and and uh, you know he just got to continue to trust his technique, trust you know trust the coaching, and and uh, the way the way Justin is teaching, and um, continue to just get stronger. You know, and and it's it's good to see him stick his stick his face in there and 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 be be physical with uh, you know a defensive end, outside linebackers, and and um, he'll continue to get better. Nate overall, Nate overall tonight. Say that again. Nate overall. How did you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I think um, think overall played played pretty well. You know, obviously the the two turnovers are, are critical, um, but but those are things that are all correctable and they're teachable moments. And and uh, you know, I can do a better job teaching the route and then teaching the progression and all that and helping him there. But I thought once he settled down into the game, made some really nice throws. Um, you know, down the field, um, I, I believe one to one to Bryce and one to uh, to Dallas, but. Um, you know, after he settled in and, and had the one interception, came back and we got the touchdown after that and um, the two point conversion and um, I thought overall, you know, not, not not too bad for the first for the first time out. You mentioned a while back about getting you know you had Jay Ajayev as camp now for the first time supposed in the middle of the season. So his first run is twenty two yards and that to be deep in your end zone. He's seeing his progression now in this offense, uh, with the, with the training camp now getting some more, more and more progressive Yeah, you know, he's really, really comfortable with what we're doing. And, and uh, you know, he's just such a tough downhill hard runner. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him and, and, and how he can really help us in the run game. And, um, you know, we just continue to continue to work. You know, in the run game, there's a lot of timing and execution that, that happens with, with the guys up front and the blocking. And they did a really – I thought the offensive line, the first offensive line played played well too early in this game. and. Um, which allowed him to, to make some of those runs, and he, he you know he he broke the one tackle, a couple tackles actually on the one run, and uh, it just continued to get comfortable with everything that we're doing. Just staying on the backs, what kept Humphrey out, and what did Josh Adams show you with extended reps? Yeah, um, earlier in the week, Josh had a lower body. Uh, I'm sorry, Humphrey um, had a lower body 
uh, injury, so we just held him out of this game. Uh, and Josh, I thought Josh did a nice job with the amount of play time that, that he got, which, you know, it was going to be kind of, you know, him and Pump, all the running backs were really going to get some time outside of Sproles. But um, so it increases Josh Josh's reps just a little bit. And I thought Josh did a nice job. You know, did a really good job in, in protection, number one, um, catching the ball out of the backfield, and then obviously some of the runs. You can see how big and powerful he is when he hits the edge. Isaac uh, has, has had some issues with the snaps throughout camp. Would you be comfortable with him at, at center in a regular season game right now? Well, I mean, listen, we got to continue to work, um, you know, with his snaps and all that, and, and it's unfortunate. You know, we had the big run, and then next thing you know, we're, we're in a, you know, a negative situation after that. But we're going to continue to work, and you know, we got a lot of confidence in Isaac. Um, and, you know, I have no trouble if, if we had to to go in a game and, 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 and let him play center. I, I think he's, he's sharp, he's talented, uh, he's done a nice job, and, and all those things are fixable. Is that a half? The snaps is that a mental thing or is it? A it's just it's just a, you know a little bit of a focus you know just just focus on the snap because, um, you know when you when you're having to make calls and you know you got a guy on your nose and, and different things it's just sometimes it gets a little quick and, and high and, and we just got to continue to work it. As a former player, um, so I guess as the half went on, the the, uh, the secondary there were some holes in that they got a couple of touchdown passes. It wasn't the first team, but that that couldn't have made you. No, I mean that you know those are all things that that, that sometimes happens when you when you're playing some young guys and just communication, you know, um, just happens. You know, safeties and corners got to talk, and safeties and linebackers got to talk, and, and a couple times we just uh, uh, got beat, um, whether it be the touchdown throws or maybe just playing a little soft in coverage, uh, whatever it might be. Those are all things that young guys uh, tend to do in these early early games and until they get comfortable and, and playing and and uh, with more reps they get they get better. Going back to Isaac for a second, his snaps didn't seem to be an issue before, but now they are. You, know, you being a former player, did you ever kind of experience a similar thing where you didn't have an issue and then you did? And how does that happen? You know, it, it's uh, – I just know this. We just got to continue to work. We just got to continue to trust him, put him in there. Uh, we're going to continue to, to – you know, Eugene is obviously a, a former center, and, and he's been working with him. and, and and on the on the rhythm and the timing and, and how he's snapping the ball with his hand and instead of his wrist and there's all kinds of things you know technical things you you, you, you can work on that that we're going to continue to do that with him and and, uh, and get it fixed. Doug, your first game with Mike Rowe as the offensive coordinator. How was the communication there? It was really good, really good on the sideline. Um, you know, um, he and I uh, just we, we collaborated during the game. Um, you know, he was constantly throwing ideas and, and, and note cards with plays on it, you know, my direction and, you know, runs and passes. And, and, and that's, you know, that's what I need as a play caller. You get in these games like this and, and uh, you know, you just want those ideas because my mind goes one way and his goes another. But, you know, we come together and, and, and but I thought the communication was really good tonight. As, as far as both starting units, how much will you be able to take away from them considering your offense lacked a lot of your key players, their offense lacked a lot of their key players? Yeah, I mean, obviously everything starts up front. So I focus on the D-line and the O-line. And I thought both of those units played extremely well. Um, yeah, we don't have all the pieces, you know, obviously uh, offensively tonight. But uh, I thought that, you know, uh, overall, um, you know, once Nate settled down and, and we were able to, you know, go down, we get the we get the touchdown and um, we do some good things in a run game. And, you know, and th those are things that, that, that are going to come. You know, it's just a, a lot of pieces are, are moving around. You're, you're still evaluating players, um, but uh, you know, I think you can take away that, that both uh, O-line and D-line really did really did well, you know, well tonight. I think Gary got the start at the middle spot. What have you seen from him? 
I tell you, he, he's, he's a player that's extremely uh, uh, smart. He, he really can play all three positions. I mean, he's he's versatile that way, and, and uh, he, he's earned it. He's earned to, to get in there with the, the starting rotation, and, um, you know, he's just adding some depth, valuable depth for us, and uh, we'll continue to work him in there. Uh, Camus also, you know, was another one in there uh, at that position. So he's done a really good job. He's off to a good camp, and, and uh, we just got to see more and more of him. How about the special teams? They, they seem to be every yeah, I mean those are all. Listen, you, you know how these games go. Um, sometimes that's that's where a lot of the penalties come from is in your special teams. Listen, we just got to continue to uh, one watch the film, make the corrections there. Um, you're playing a ton of guys, but again, that's no excuse for for the penalties. It's it's all about uh, you know uh, focus, detail, moving your feet, and uh, we just get, we just gotta you know just kind of get back to work and and. Uh, Make the corrections, uh, fix it, show the guys the, the the you know the error on the penalty, and 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 try to try to eliminate it for next week. Wow, um, you know I thought overall pretty pretty decent job, you know uh, for the first for the first time he had a of course a was it eighty yards, eighty one yard punt that was uh, extremely high and far and and that's what he can do. He's got a lot of leg talent, and uh, you know we just continue to work and and, and work with him and. Um, but I thought overall did a nice job for his first time out. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right, there's head coach Doug Pearson addressing the media following the Eagles' loss tonight to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A couple takeaways from there. Offensive and defensive lines overall looking good. And, and from what you've seen from last season with the depth, the acquisitions they made in the offseason and training camp, no surprise there whatsoever, Ike. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, they, the offensive and defensive lines played – I think surprisingly well for it being the first preseason game. Like, it's only so much you can take out of the first preseason game. You're going to get a lot of new faces out there. Uh, you don't necessarily have all your starters out there, so you're getting guys working with players that they haven't necessarily worked with in practice throughout the week because um, you're not going to have a Jason Peters out there. You know, so, but I, I, I thought Doug, he touched on the penalties. Penalties are always a focus for coaches in the preseason, right? So they want to make sure you clean up all those mistakes, not have a sloppy game. I thought tonight uh, was a baseline for them. So what you do is you take this game and you, you look at the film, you make the corrections, and hopefully after next week's game, you've shown improvement, right? You got to have somewhere to start. You got to get a baseline of what to look at. And then after they play New England next week, when you compare the film with each other, that's when the coaches will be able to see whether or not they players, certain players have improved from one week to the next. What did you think of the enforcement of the helmet rule or the point of emphasis with the helmet rule this year? Uh, for the first game, you know, last the, the Hall of Fame game last week, I thought it was a couple of questionable calls in there. And tonight, you know, I, I, there was a play early in the game with Corey Clement where he caught the ball in the flats, and I thought the linebacker came up and did exactly what the officials are supposed to be focusing on. He lowered his head right into Corey's chest. There's no flag. But, you know, you get Sidney Jones, who sort of has maybe a little bit of a questionable yeah. call there, but thought, they called I thought, it. I thought Sidney had the head down. I right. think for what the letter of the law, the rule here, I thought it was well enforced there. But I think the concern was would they over flag it, you know, and slow the game down? You didn't see that. They tonight, didn't do that good. tonight. But you know what? I think next week. You're going to see a little more, few more flags. I'll be interested to see how this thing turned out around the league, 
right? Because you're going to get different officiating crews True. that are going to really throw the flag just to make sure they're, they're making a point of emphasis there. And then you're going to get some that even the officials are saying, that just looks like a regular football play yeah. to me. They're not used to it. they yeah, got to work it out themselves too. Exactly. And, and some of those plays are just regular football plays. It's not like you're hitting a defenseless guy or you're head hunting. Some of those plays are guys just coming in and making tackles the way they've become accustomed to making them for years, but they have to change. And I'm actually kind of in favor of it, right? As a player, if I look back to my days as a player, I wouldn't have <laughs> liked it. But being a parent of, of, a, of someone who's playing the game now, it's all about making the game as safe as possible. And if you can cut down on the head injuries, I'm all for it. I thought you were going to talk about the way you would just tackle. You just went in there every time. and Well, yeah, like I, I, I'm, yeah you probably wouldn't want to show my tackling <laughs> techniques unless you want to use it as teaching film to what to not, not to, to do. do. Yeah, what not to do. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take our first break here on the postgame show presented by Rico. On the other side, we're going to have Jeffrey Lurie's Hall of Fame announcement as well as Merrill Camp. We're going to go inside the booth as Merrill Reese kicking off his 42nd season as the voice of the Eagles and another fellow Hall of Famer, Mike Quick, break down the best plays from tonight. Now, if you are following us on social media, watching on Facebook or Twitter, you're going to need to come on over to PhiladelphiaEagles.com for the remainder of the show. We will see you after this break. Trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong. Sometimes I realize that the further I go, the more that I know that I want to go home. When you and your money are treated with respect, you I prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up. at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher. Like fresher meat and seafood. And fresher produce and hundreds of organics. And our butchers cut our USDA choice Lancaster beef in store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. At Santander Bank, we want you to prosper. That's why we treat you and your money with respect. Learn more about how re respect adds up at Santander by visiting SantanderBank.com. Welcome back to the postgame show presented by Rico, Chris McPherson, and Ike Reese. Uh, we'll talk about special teams. Your wheelhouse for a second here. And the punter battle. That's one all eyes have been on Cameron Johnson. And, you know, it's been inconsistent yeah. throughout training camp to this point. Definitely showed... To me, the good, the positives, and the things that I think people are questioning about. The positive, the one that actually was called back due to penalty, an 81-yard punt, backed up, flipped the field. The punt returner was going back, had no clue where the ball was going to end up. So you see the amazing leg, the talent, and the way the ball comes off the foot. 
But then there's times where it's just not as consistent. And that, and that really seems to be the big thing with Cameron Johnson. Can he harness that power and that directional ability so that each and every time he's giving you a good punt after what Donnie Jones did here for a number of years, becoming arguably the best punter in Eagles history? And I'll tell you, and even Donnie Jones will tell you, that's not an easy thing to do when you're a young player, which is control that power in your leg. You know, when, when in this league, you had better be able to directional kick, you had better be able to pooch kick, and you had better be able to bomb it when need to. Yep. And that's the whole thing. You got to be able to do it when called upon. And so I thought that that 80-yard punt, I mean, of course, he had a little bit of a bounce to help him out. But Certainly. it wasn't much. It was, it's not like it was wind dated. No. So it's not as if, you know, we're up in MetLife and you got this big wind coming and it blew it for him. Um, he showed you the strength that he can show you in his leg to boom it out of there. But like you said, Chris, it's all about consistency. And in the kicking game, consistency is the biggest thing, not only for punters, but for kickers as well. You had better be able to uh, uh, be relied upon when Coach Dave Phipps says, okay, we need a pooch punt here. We need a punt inside the 10, right? When you're punting from your own 45-yard line. We don't need the ball kicked out of the end zone. We need it down inside the 10. Okay, we want a coffin corner kick. We need the ball kicked to the corner of the field so that we can directional kick. And for young players, sometimes it's, it's a little bit harder for them to get that leg under control. But I think Cameron, I, I, I thought he came in and he was relaxed tonight. Yeah. You know, I've had a chance to watch him out there and practice a couple times, and the ball gets sprayed a little bit of everywhere. I thought tonight uh, he was a little bit more relaxed, and I think he had a few butterflies, get those out of the way, expecting to be a lot better next week. Interesting. In practice on Tuesday in particular, they worked where he punted from around midfield, and I actually joked in our practice notes recap on PhiladelphiaEagles.com that if the ball's just inside the 50, Doug's not punting. I don't know that's ever going to happen, but I guess you got to be prepared for any scenario. Right. But they were practicing the scenario where they want to get the ball down inside the 10-yard line, ideally within the five-yard line. And unfortunately, that first punt that Johnson had in the game ended up coming, I think, to like the 11 or 12-yard line. That's the instance where I said that's exactly where you just showed it. You had in practice the other day. You need to come out and nail it in the game. So we saw the big leg. Again, consistency going to be the key. Uh, return aspect, Corey Clement was the opening punt returner. And some of the depth chart, you know, listings here are going to be a little tough because Nelson Aguilar didn't play tonight. Right. Darren Sproles Darren obviously Sproles. didn't play. You know, yeah. those are the top two, at least on the unofficial depth chart, those are the top two at punt return and kick returner. But interesting to see Corey Clement utilized there. We saw Rashard Davis utilized as a punt returner and kickoff returner later on. Shelton Gibson. Shelton Gibson showed a little juice there. We, we're all going to talk about the 63-yard touchdown. But going back to special teams, I like what he did in the kickoff return game as well. Yeah, listen, I love Shelton's uh, uh, approach to this year. He's trying to get on the field any way that he can. And if he can be back there as a returner, which I think that's one of the phases of our game, we've almost become accustomed to it being one of the best in the league, and rightfully so. But I thought our return game, because Darren got injured early, it wasn't as explosive last no. year. You know, it became more of a let's just make sure we secure the ball and we'll take care of it with our offense. And thankfully, we had an explosive offense that can get you 30-plus points a game. You didn't necessarily need the return game to be big. But that's going to be huge for us this year. Darren is up there in age a little bit, so you certainly don't want to um, overwork him in the, in the uh, return game. But he's going to get his opportunities in the punt return game. I think in the kickoff return game, that's going to be up for grabs a little bit. And I know Sproles is going to be our number one kickoff returner, 
But if you can get a guy like if Smallwood, I wouldn't count him out. Uh, Shelton Gibson, mm -hmm. who had an opportunity to return a kick tonight, I wouldn't count him out. He's young as well. We're going to need that explosive uh, burst in that third phase of the game so that it relieves some of the pressure from your offense always having to go 80 yards every time they get the ball or 75 yards every time they get the ball. Speaking of the kickoff rule, what did you think of what you saw at first glimpse, you know, that basically at this point the kicking team doesn't get the running start. You have to have five players on each side of the ball. The return team, there's no two-man wedges anymore. The players have to be stationed at certain points, distances from the returner. What did you see from that? Because to me, I think the kickoff might be a more exciting play this year, and I think we saw a little bit of a taste of it, and you're going to need different personnel in there. I think that's one of the things we're going to see throughout the preseason. Well, here's the deal, right? And I can see this thing from both sides. I was on the kickoff return team as well as being on the kickoff uh, cover team. From a kickoff coverage standpoint, as long as your kicker is able to get you enough hang time, and if he can get that ball to drop one yard deep or right there on the goal line, because of where they have the kickoff set up now, and you got a good coverage unit, it's going to be difficult to get that ball to the 25-yard line. You saw on the opening kickoff, Pittsburgh brought the ball out, and we were right down there on them. I thought it was a great kick from um, Jake Elliott. Yep. <laughs> I was getting ready yeah. to say Cody Parkey. Uh, from from the yeah. Jake Elliott, our Super Bowl hero, by the yes. way, and Jake Elliott. Uh, but from a return standpoint, it's going to make it difficult on those guys making the decision to come out. Because believe me, every return man wants his opportunity to try to make something happen. But that's where your kickoff team will take advantage of you being overzealous and you shouldn't bring the ball out. So uh, I see it from both sides. I don't think we're going to have as many kickoff returns for touchdowns. I think most teams will be smart enough to just say, you know what, I'd rather just take the ball at the 25-yard line instead of trying to return it because coverage units are going to be able to get down the field much faster, even yeah. though they're not getting a running start. The thing with the Eagles and their special teams unit is – they felt the play dropped off a little bit last year. That was a point of emphasis for the team in the offseason. Yeah. We'll see if they can get back to being the best in the league like it was just two years ago. So we mentioned earlier in the show that the Eagles made the announcement that Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons will go into the Eagles Hall of Fame, the class of 2018. Here is Eagles chairman and CEO Jeffrey Lurie making that special announcement this evening. Jeffrey, we've had so many great players who've represented Philadelphia as members of this organization, but only the very best have made it to the Hall of Fame. I'm excited to hear who the Eagles are going to put into the Hall of Fame. On September 23rd, Indianapolis comes to town. You're here to talk about it. As you know, it's, it's always been important to me to represent and to celebrate the, uh, the past in the organization. It's not always just about the present. And, uh, we hope to create many more great moments in the present, but it's the past and they set the foundation and they deserve to be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. This year for 2018, it's exciting that we're gonna be inducting two teammates into the Eagles Hall of Fame. Uh, two great teammates that played on the great defenses of the Eagles in the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm very pleased to announce they are Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons. Well, Jeffrey, they were great. They were part of Buddy Ryan's gangrene defense. They were both late round draft picks. This is really exciting to Eagles fans. It's unique, though, that you'd have two teammates that are in the Hall of Fame at the same time. It is rare. And, you know, their, their careers really paralleled each other. Both played with the Eagles for eight years, both part of multiple Pro Bowl teams, uh, all pro selections. Uh, they harassed a lot of offenses. They sacked a lot of quarterbacks. 
and um, they, they belong. I want them to experience it together, and uh, that's all part of it. September 23rd, Indianapolis comes to town. We've got a lot of time now to relive the careers of Seth and Clyde. They join Reggie White, and they join Jerome Brown and Eric Allen, Randall Cunningham, some of the greatest players in Eagles history from that Buddy Ryan era. We will have fun reliving the careers of Seth and Clyde. Can't wait. They deserve it. Thanks, Jeffrey. All right, great stuff there from Dave and Jeffrey. Uh, again, great to see them honored and earned that. And it'll be fun when the Colts come to town September 23rd to see that in action. One position we haven't gone over too in-depth here. Mentioned Corey Clement in the return game, but the running back situation here. J.H.I. got the opening reps, and uh, actually one of the under-the-radar under the, under the gems from him, I thought, was his pass pickup, pass yeah. protection out there this evening. And to me, that's going to be the biggest key with Ajay because we know what he can do in theory on first and second down as a running back. You know, I could see him having that workhorse back potential for the Eagles offense this season. But if he doesn't stand up on third down, if he doesn't pass a sniff test there, you can't trust him on those downs. And really, every down is becoming a passing down at this point here. Yeah, I mean, but, but to your point, Chris, if you can't pass protect, especially versus blitzes, being able to pick up the right blitzer coming in, you can't be out there because you can't, you can't have your quarterback getting blindsided because you missed a blitz pickup. So I'm not saying that's something Ajayi did last year, but that's just something that's required from all running backs. Sure. It's the reason why Corey Clement was able to play as much as he did last year because who knew this guy – had the ability to stand in there. Well, we know he has a big body, but as a rookie, he understood blitz schemes and where the blitz protections was, were supposed to be. And that's why Doug and Frank Reich and John Filippo they trusted him out there on those passing situations once Darren Sproles went down because that's something Sproles is, is big at. Exceptional. You know? And it's funny because guys like Darren Sproles and Brian Westbrook, those guys are your best pass pick uh, uh, pass protecting type of running backs, and it all starts with understanding where the rushes are coming from. So for a guy like Ajay, that's something he's going to need to do because you want to be out there on every down, but you can't be out there if you can't help protect the quarterback. No, and then Clement showing juice. It's amazing how far he's come in a year where this time last year, maybe he could sneak onto the roster. You right. know, they after he was signed following the draft, you figure they, they need that bigger back. They didn't have LeGarrette Blunt yet at that point. So Clement has a chance. Blunt comes in. Ooh, I don't know if Clement's going to make the team. Probably not going to make it. And we all see what he did, saw what he accomplished as a rookie. In fact, from his very first play of the season at Washington, he made the tackle on special teams on the opening kickoff to start the year. Kicked things off the right way there and made an impact with that amazing 100-yard receiving effort in the Super Bowl victory. So we teased it a little earlier. We're going to now send it up to the booth where Mel Reese and Mike Quick are standing by to bring you Merrill Cam, the best plays from tonight's preseason opener through the sounds of Sports Radio 94 WIP's Hall of Fame duo. Take it away, guys. Landry Jones lines up in the backfield into a shotgun. Jones takes the snap. He backs up. Here comes the rush. They've got him. They've got him. Fletcher Cox barreling in and dumping Landry Jones for a nine-yard loss. Far side. Receiver split. Back again goes Landry, and he's hitting sack back at the 49. They've got him again. Sudfeld under center. Ajayi, the deep back. On first down, it goes to Ajayi, who cuts to the outside. He's at the 10, 15, 20, 23. 
Ajay, Ajay explodes for 21 yards. Yeah, that Sudfeld straight back. Here comes the blitz. He looks. He fakes. He fires. Complete. Gutter. Touchdown. I love the movement by Nate Sudfeld on this play. Dobbs back. He's looking. He goes deep. And it is intercepted and picked off by the Eagles. And down the right sideline goes Douglas. So Rasul Douglas, who gave up a touchdown, may have saved one that time. Takes the snap again. Here comes the blitz. He looks. He is looping it deep. And it is caught. And running across the 10 to 5. In for the touchdown is Shelton Gibson. 63 yards. McDowell's proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Great stuff is always there from Merrill and Mike. It's great to hear that they're in midseason form <laughs> already. So yeah. there's a number, there's a number of players on the roster. So we're going to take our final break here on the postgame show presented by Rico. Last discussion, big takeaways, and a whole lot more. Make sure to stay tuned, everyone. SEPTA P is now arriving on regional rail. Learn more at iSeptaPhilly.com slash key. Well, I'm trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong. Sometimes I realize that the further I go, the more that I know that I want to go. And your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up. You want to bring the heat? Prove it. With carbs to help fuel muscles, and electrolytes to help replace what you lose in sweat. Study, tested, proven. Nothing beats Gatorade. Septa Key is now arriving on regional rail. Learn more at iSeptaPhilly.com slash key. Eagles High School Football Showdown presented by the Rothman Institute at Jefferson celebrates local high school football coaches and their teams. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash showdown to check out this year's coaches and learn more about the program. All right, we're starting to uh, get into the final stretch here on the postgame show presented by Rico. At this point, I'm almost like, who are the players that we didn't touch on? feel like we've gone pretty well into the depth charts here. Uh, Jordan Mailata, I don't know how much you right. got to see of him. Obviously, everyone wants to know how did the seventh-round rookie out of Australia perform in his first ever football game action. Played rugby, played at the professional level, but never played a down of American football until tonight. And some, you know, struggles early on, which were expected. Hard you know, gave, gave up a sack. Uh, thought Callahan, Joe Callahan could have stepped into the pocket possibly, but I thought he quit himself nicely later on. Got, you know, the biggest thing for me, and Fran Duffy and I were talking about this, was you don't want him 
to struggle so bad early on that it affects him down the line. Sure. You want him to be able to maintain that confidence. And, and to me, one of the most impressive things about this just 21-year-old is that just from a male standpoint, he seems so mature. He's handled everything thrown his way. You know, in a new country, you know, playing a sport he's never done before, getting chewed out by Jeff Statlin at, at practice every day. But, you know, but I think Mylotta understands where Coach Statlin is coming sure. from from the standpoint that if Mylotta or if Statlin wasn't yelling at you, he probably would be checked out on you and doesn't think that you, you'd have a chance to develop into something. Statlin thinks that this, you know, ball of clay can be molded into something down the line. And I don't know, I don't think it's going to be this year. It's probably more of a down the line project thing. But still, I thought overall, after the early setback, some encouraging steps there moving forward. And you just want to build upon, like you said, Ike, earlier, build a baseline and build upon that for next week. And that's the biggest thing for Jordan. He got his foot wet. He got his feet wet tonight, right? First game. What do you expect from the kid, right? Uh, the thing I liked about him is that he kept competing. You know, you give up a sack. Certainly, you, you don't like to do that, but he kept competing, and now he has a baseline. He knows, okay, this is where I started at, my first ever NFL game. This is what I look like. Now, pick out something on film, one or two things. Make sure you get better at it this week in practice, and then when you get a chance to play next week, make sure you're not making the same mistakes. There's no way he's going to be a finished product anytime soon. No. It's unfair to expect that, but he just needs to keep getting better each and every week. So to me, obviously we talked about at the beginning of the show, no major injuries. That's the biggest news out tonight. Yep. But after that, I think Fletcher Cox's dominance early in this football <laughs> game, just setting the tone for what he wants to do in 2018 is the most exciting thing. First preseason game, he could have come out and, you know, played a couple snaps, played a few series, called it a night. But he not only did he get the sack on the opening series, he got it against an all-pro guard in David DeCastro. He manhandled him, working his way back toward the quarterback. So seeing Fletcher Cox's dominance to me and setting the tone. We, we talk about the depth along the defensive line. And the depth is going to be crucial so that when you get to the playoffs, Fletcher Cox can play his best football, that he's fresh and ready to go. So the depth is going to be, is going to be crucial for that, but you still need him to be at an all-pro level once again this season. Again, he wants to be the defensive player of the year. He's going to have to get to the quarterback. That's how you're going to win that award, and tonight was a good first step. Another good first step, I would say also, tight end Dallas Goddard, the yeah. team's top draft pick, Ike. Yeah, I like seeing uh, Dallas Goddard tonight uh, in game action. It's one thing to do it in practices. We've heard all the reports. We've seen all the tweets about how he's been out at practice dominating everybody. It was good to see it tonight. Uh, also, things he can learn from. The one pass that he dropped, it was right there in his hands, but he took a peek. He took yep. a peek at the defender of the field, and that's really where he lost his concentration there. But other than that, I thought Dallas Goddard um, – Man, you step off the field in college right into the pros, and he didn't really miss a beat, miss a beat man. So uh, future is bright for that kid. It really is. Not just college. I mean, we were talking about FCS level. Right. I mean, we're not even talking, you know, playing Alabama or some top-tier college program. We're, we're like talking Michigan about, State. You know. We're, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're still considering that one of the top? Oh, oh. yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. So going from, again, going from the FCS to the level we're at now. So you're seeing some of the top highlights from the game. And Nate Sunfeld, look, you know, what do the Eagles have in this kid? Early interception, bounce back, like the pocket presence, like the mobility. It's like 
you know, these guys are cut from the same cloth. When you look at Carson, you look at Nick, you look at Nate, you know, just across the board, it's like you get that tall, you have some athleticism, strong arm, and you saw all that. And I thought you know, great job on the touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard, recognizing the blitz, stepping up, using that uh, maneuverability of his, that mobility, and setting himself up for that nice throw. Because that was also a tough throw, yeah. as we showed in the highlight. And then in the uh, touchdown to Shelton Gibson down the sideline, you know, recognize it before the snap. That's my guy. I'm going to him. We're going to make it happen. And he put that ball out there perfectly. And you were just hoping, just, just catch it, Shelton. Just catch it. Just bring it home, baby. And he did. So big confidence booster for him. But overall, I know the two interceptions, the second one might have been more on Bryce Treggs. We don't quite know. But overall, I liked what I saw from Nate Sudfeld tonight. You got to compete, man. Game's not going to be perfect. He threw the early interception. And it seemed like his confidence wasn't shaken. Came back. Uh, really seemed determined to make up for that play. And uh, you got to like that, man. As a quarterback, you got to have a short memory. And Nate has an opportunity right now to really get some real valuable game reps because once the season starts, unless something unfortunate happens, he's more than likely not going to play the rest of the year. So getting these, getting these reps at this time, he needs to make the most of them. And I thought he did a good job tonight. Listen, he's not going to be perfect. You know, a lot of pressure. Everybody wants to see what Nate Sutfield's going to do tonight. Uh, I thought he acquitted himself very well. I mean, yeah. like I said, it wasn't perfect, but, you know, he had adversity and he came back. He bounced back from it. Tomorrow, Sports Radio 94 WIP Midday Show. John Marks. Afternoon. Afternoon. Did I say yeah. midday? Yeah. It's happened. It's all right. It's happened. It's so. late, too. It's late. <laughs> Nonetheless, what you talk about tomorrow? What Two to six, to man. We'll be talking about this game. Listen, we finally got a chance to see the defending Super Bowl champions on the football field again. This fan base is excited about this ball club, so we'll be breaking down this game uh, all day tomorrow on 94 WIP. Can't wait to listen to it. I'll just show from midday all the way to afternoon to make yeah. sure I don't miss it whatsoever. <laughs> so Ikeries in midseason form. As always, I'm Chris McPherson, and you've been watching the postgame show presented by Rico. We're going to have complete analysis and a recap throughout the night here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And into tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, the assistant coaches will be meeting with the media, and we're going to bring complete coverage of that to you. So for everyone here at the Philadelphia Eagles, we're signing off. The Eagles fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but who cares because preseason game number one is in the books, and we're that much closer to the regular season opener. Have a great Eagles night, everyone.